This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. If, as the Bible says, God is no respecter of persons, why do the prayers and petitions of some get answered and others not? This is what makes Faith Work is a powerful, intense eight-day study in which Pastor explains the system God has set up to assure your prayers will get answered. Because faith without works is dead, it addresses how to put action to your faith in speaking intimately about Abraham, the father of our faith. Each one of the eight lessons speaks directly as to how faith, action, hope, and patience can powerfully work in your life so that your prayers get answered through the lifestyle of faith Pastor so clearly outlines. Each and every session could dramatically change your life in providing the key to that lifestyle of getting whatever prayer your faith puts before God answered. Here's Pastor with today's truth on what will make your faith work. Sometimes you just got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired and say, enough is enough. God has given me this awesome opportunity by faith to trust him for the needs, the wants, and the desires of my life. And I just got to get it down. Where do I want to be? Where do I want to go? When I first started this church, I did the same thing. I wrote down, I made a list. I put it all down. What, what I wanted to do, what kind of church I wanted to have, what I was believing for, what I was thanking God for, you know. And faith, that was my hope. I wasn't living in it. It wasn't a reality. It was merely a hope. It was a joyful, confident, favorable expectation of things to come. I didn't have it, but I knew it was coming. I didn't see it, but I believed that it would manifest. That's faith and hope working together. You see, so after all these years, little by little, of just working my faith and keeping my hope and keeping my... See, like when we were looking for a new building or looking for a building, you should have seen the places that we, we got a couple guys together. We told them, go out and find, find a building. Go research, talk to the real estate people. You have got to see the buildings. You should have seen the buildings that they brought me to and said, we're going to have church here. They took me to one building. It was down a back road, turned in this this uh, industrial parking lot. There were big holes in the parking lot, big trucks all over the place. And they bring me in front of this dirty old building with one little window and a little door. And they open up the door and I walk inside and I looked around and I said, God, you wouldn't do this to me. <laughs> this does not measure up with my hope and my faith. They walked me around with big smiles, and there was grease everywhere, dripping from... I thought, we're going to need about 50 gallons... No, more than that, probably, you know, probably 150-gallon drums of degreaser just to get the grease off of the walls. And I walked around, and I said, God, this can't be the place. I said, thank you, gentlemen, but you see, your hopes are just too low for me. My hope and my faith is in a much higher place than where you are. And this will not do... This is not my joyful, confident, favorable expectation of, uh, of things to come. This is not what I've been 
believing for. This is not what I've been using my faith for. This is not the hope that I have thrust out. And we just pulled everything back in and we just waited. Because if, see, hope has another partner. It's called patience. Because it's because of impatience often that people screw up and mess up and, and make wrong decisions because you're trying to force the hand of God instead of waiting for the right time and for your due season to come about. So, so we just pulled back and we pulled in and we just kept believing God. I still had my hope. I still had my joyful, confident, favorable expectation. And I didn't share it much back then because I didn't, I didn't know if anybody could really catch that vision. But I, I used to say, Father, I believe, I, I would love to be in a place like White Plains. I would love to be front and center in one of the nicest cities that we could just show for. I never said that to anybody, but that was between God and me. So that was a little hope that I had in my heart. It was the joyful, confident, favorable expectation of things to come. And it wasn't, lo and behold, a few years after we had, you know, um, pulled back from trying to find a place. And you, many of you know the story that this property came up and we were able to, after a whole lot of warfare, it wasn't that easy. Sometimes, let me tell you what, the faith walk is not easy, but it sure is good because we win if you will be persistent in your faith. Come on, give me a better amen than that. So it wasn't that far after that, you know, this came up and we embarked upon this. And when, I, when we saw this bill, when I saw this building go up, and I saw these walls come together. We, we were fighting. We were enduring. And I'll tell you about the warfare at another time. But we had tons of warfare. But when we finally, on May uh, 14th, the year 2000, cut the ribbon and walked into this place and had our first service, I looked around and said, hallelujah, this is much better. Hallelujah. You see. But I would have never gotten here had I not thrust out a hope. Now, let me give you another little analogy that will help you to understand how faith and hope work together. Uh, in your home, in your house, wherever you live, you have two pieces of equipment. You have something called a furnace that is in your basement, most likely. And that furnace was created and it was produced or manufactured to produce and to give you either heat or air conditioning. Heat in the winter, air conditioning in the summer. And that furnace has the ability to produce um, these two things. But there's something that's attached to that furnace that you find in your living room or multiple rooms. I have one. I have a digital one now. It's called a thermostat. I can actually change my heat right from here while I'm preaching. I can just go onto an app now and just either raise the heat or lower the heat or turn it off altogether. So that little thermostat puts control on that furnace that's in the basement. Now, even though that furnace was created to produce either heat, if I'm, if I'm cold, then I, 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 have, I have to do something. If I don't have enough heat, I have to do something in order to generate heat. Remember, that furnace is created to produce heat. I have to go to the thermostat and put a demand by raising the temperature on the furnace. When I put a demand on the thermostat, go tap, 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 I wait about three seconds, and all of a sudden, that furnace kicks in, and the heat starts pouring out of the vents. Hope and faith work the same way. Faith, hope, is the thermostat of your faith. When you begin to put a demand on that furnace with your hope, in other words, when your hope starts to rise, 
it starts to put a demand on your faith and it will cause your faith to start to kick in and it begins to tell your faith what to accomplish in life. See now, now, if I don't put the demand on that, you know, on that thermostat, that furnace, even though it has the potential, even though it was manufactured to create the desired temperature that I want in that room, if I did not put the demand on that furnace with that thermostat, that furnace would sit there with all potential and would produce nothing. And that's exactly how faith and hope work together. Your hope tells your faith where to go. Your hope gives direction to your faith. So I sit here, I stand here today as, as you sit here and listen to me, and I wonder, where's your hope? Are you living the case Sarah Sarah kind of life? What will be will be. It's difficult. Things are, you know, the world is getting worse. I have, I, you know, it's terrible. Everything is going down the tooth. Or are, are you going to be a person full of joyful, confident, favorable expectation of things to come and thus get your faith to kick in and start to produce? Let me, let me remind you of something, folks. Even though we're in this world, we're not of this world. Even though we have to exist and operate in the economy of this world, this is not the economy that we are trusting. We are trusting in God's economy. We're, we're, we're trusting in what God can do, not what this world can do. But your demand has got to be put upon. Uh, uh, you know, your, 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 your hope is the demand that has to be put upon your faith in order for your faith to create and to bring forth something. What good would it be, like I said, to try to get to a destination if you don't know where you want to arrive. Hope tells your faith what you want, where you want to arrive and what you want to accomplish. So what is it? What is it in your life that you want to accomplish? Where is it that you want to be? What kind of life do you want to be living? What kind of house do you want to live in? What, what kind of car do you want to drive? What kind of salary do you want to make? What kind of position are you looking for? If you're a business owner, where do you want this business to end up? That all is in the, in, under the umbrella of your hope. You must thrust that forth first in order for your faith to begin to accomplish those dreams and desires. As a matter of fact, it's my hope that keeps my faith raring and revved up because I'm reminded every day of where I'm going. So every day I exhibit more faith towards the hopes and dreams that I have for tomorrow. When you lose the hope, see there's a verse in, in the book of Proverbs. It says, hope deferred, I believe it's Proverbs 18, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a, a desire, a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. You see, we, we learn something. A lot of times why people are depressed and feel, you know, feel like they, they have no, uh, nothing to live for, it's because you've lost your hope. When you lose your hope, when you lose your joyful, confident, favorable expectation of things to come, it, it, it has a devastating effect on you. Your heart becomes sick. It can bring on depression. It can bring on oppression. It can bring on all of these things because you have no joyful, confident, favorable expectation or outlook towards the future and things to come. This is what drives me. I get excited. See, we're talking, you might want to call it vision. You might want to call it, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever title you want to give it. But whatever you thrust out there, your hope will then go, you know, be stimulated 
to be to begin to accomplish those desires of your heart. But if you don't have if you don't have joyful, confident, favorable expectation of things to come, then your your faith has no no direction. Your faith can't go anywhere. It would be like an archer holding a bow and arrow and have no bullseye. It would be like a plane just flying in the air with no landing spot. What is the destination? Where am I going? But when you set out a hope, and that's one of the things that I want to keep reiterating is that your hopes are too low. Set your hopes high. One of the reasons why people are afraid, I think, to, to, to really launch out in hope and, and start to, to have um, visions and dreams and desires of bigger things and better things and a better place. One of the reasons is because we're afraid of being disappointed. Well, I have a verse for you, Romans. In the book of Romans says, hope will not disappoint us. Good Bible-believing hope will not disappoint you. When you are joyfully, confident, favorably expecting good things to come about in your life, let me tell you what, hope will never disappoint you. Faith will accomplish whatever your hope demands or whatever your hope says. Is this making sense to anybody? Am I just preaching to myself here? Where is it that you want to be? What kind of salary do you want to have? What kind of car do you want to drive? What kind of clothes do you want to wear? What is it that you, where do you want your business to be? What, what about your profession? Where do you want to go? Do you, do you want to accomplish something in your life? This all speaks to your hopes. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith will produce whatever hope you thrust out. But if you don't have a hope, if you don't have a vision, if you don't have a direction, then your hope, just like the furnace and the thermostat analogy, the furnace cannot produce, faith cannot produce, even though God gave it to us, created it for us, uh, you know, to produce in our lives and to bring all of the promises of God to reality in our life. If you, do, if you don't have a hope, then your faith has no direction, has nowhere to go. But when you start building up that hope and thrive, and I'm believing that for the people of Living Word Christian Church, that we're going to be people of great hope I'm believing with all of my heart that we're going to be people who are trusting God and believing God. And, and we have a vision. We have a direction. We know where we want to go. Life may not be so good right now, but brothers and sisters, let me tell you what. You start getting your hopes up high. You start believing that God's word is a reality for you and that God meant it for you. You start believing that things can be better and things will be better. You start calling those things that are not as though they were. And I'm going to tell you, you've just thrust out your hope and faith is going to accomplish every single bit of it. You're going to be in a whole much better place in a really short period of time. But you've got to launch out hope because hope without faith is hopeless or faith without hope is hopeless faith. It cannot and will not produce anything in your life. That's why when I got hold of this message so many years ago, I purposed in my heart to keep hope alive because the devil wants to kill your hope with everything he's got because if he can, if he can snuff out your hope, if he can snuff out your dreams, your desires, if he can snuff out your plan, your direction, then he's got you right where you got yourself spinning your wheels. And that's where a lot of believers are today. They're spinning their wheels of faith because they have no hope. They have no hope for tomorrow. And that's one of the greatest things I think we do as ministers, as I do, I do as a pastor and as a church, is to really keep hope alive. 
because by keeping hope alive, we can keep faith strong and we can keep you moving forward until you see those hopes become manifested and a reality in your life. So here's my, here's my thing this morning. Dare to believe God. Dare to raise your hopes. Dare to believe that what's going on in your life right now, it may not be a good place, is not going to stay that way. And some of you say this, well, you don't know my situation. I may not know your situation, but I do know my God. And with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. So, so thrust out a new hope. Go home and write it down. Go home and declare it. So how important it is to have faith and hope operating and working together. If you're struggling in your faith, it's probably because you've lost your hope. Yeah, there are other reasons, you know. But one, one, one possible reason is that y- y- your, your faith has no direction. You don't know where you're going. And you see, I'm a firm believer that we ought to have hope and fresh hope out all the time. We ought to be knowing or having a destination or direction, dreams, visions, desires, the things from the Word of God that we want to see working in our life. Faith, now faith is the substance of things hope. Faith makes your hope a reality. Faith gives substance to your hope. Faith is the creator. So it goes like this. It goes, hope, uh, faith is the producer, but hope is what keeps it all going, keeps your faith going. Faith will produce, but hope is what keeps it going. You lose your hope, and you're going to be spinning your wheels in faith. So where is it that you want to be? I dare you, in the name of Jesus Christ, I dare you this morning to dream some big dreams and to hope, pick up your hope. Set your hopes high. What is it that you want? Where is it that you want to be? I dare you, in the name of Jesus Christ, to believe him and to let your faith go to work. Learn the principles of faith. We've been over them. I've been pounding them into you over the last few weeks. Learn the principles of faith. Do the things that God requires from the Word. Way back then, um, let me just give you this last example as we come to a close. But way back then, I was sick and tired of being poor, broke, and insufficient and not having. Well, when I found out in the Word that prosperity was the reward of the righteous, I said, well, I'm righteous. I'm not perfect, but I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And if, if prosperity is the reward of the righteous, then I guess prosperity is for me. And then I saw the verses that talked about prosperity and gave me the, you know, I pray above all for uh, third John. I pray above all, brethren, that you prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosper. I said, well, that's me. I want to prosper. I'm tired of being poor, broken, insufficient. Well, I began to set my hope on, on a prosperous life. And let me just say this, that prosperity is not always money because sometimes it's not money that you need. It's something else that you need. Prosperity isn't, I'm talking about a full circle of prosperity, touching every area of our lives. But way back then, financial prosperity was a big deal because I didn't have anything, and I was broke, and I couldn't pay my bills. So I began to, that was my hope. My hope was that my joyful, confident, favorable expectation was that there was a day coming when I was walking out of prosperity, and I was going to be walking in prosperity. I mean, walking out of poverty and walking in prosperity in my life. That was my joyful, confident, favorable. So then what I did is I went to the book. Because if that's what I want, I've got to find the instructions. If you want the cake to come out right, you've got to read the instructions on the box. 
you can't just throw the, you know, the, the flour in the bowl and throw in an egg and throw in some water and spit in it or whatever you're going to do and think that you're going to get a cake. You've got you to gotta follow the instructions. So I went to the book and I said, what does the book say about prosperity and me getting there? Because that's my hope. But now I've got to get my faith working. So I went to the book to find out what the instructions were. And I found things like tithing and giving and generosity and standing on the word of God in these things. So I began to tithe and to give and to sow and to be generous. And, and, and I believe in, because my joyful, confident, favorable expectation of things to come is that I'm walking out of poverty and I'm going to walk into prosperity, but I had to do what the book said. And I put it into operation and lo and behold, here I am. Poor no more, broke no more. But I was persistent and consistent with the word of God. I didn't do it today and not do it tomorrow because that's where a lot of you lose it. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to pass through you now. That's where you lose it. You don't do it consistently. And you, you can't, listen, you can't think, you can't work a part-time job and think you're going to get full-time benefits. This doesn't work. You can't work, a, I'm an employer. Some of you employers, if someone working part-time and they come to you, they want full-time benefits, what are you going to say to them? No, you can't have that. You're a part-time employee. You want to work full-time? You're entitled to... Well, it's the same way with the Word of God. You can't do the Word of God and this stuff part-time and think you're going to get full-time, full, full-time benefits. It doesn't work. See? They didn't see me back then. I was full-time, man. I was in it. I, I did it all. I, I surrendered all. I was in it. Hook, line, sinker. The whole bit, I was in it. And I, I was persistent and consistent with my faith and my trust and doing wasn't easy. wasn't easy. All the other things, not only the giving part. You, you've heard it, the forgiving part, the loving part. A lot of unlovely people I encountered in, the, in my years in ministry. Not everybody is, you all look lovely, but not everybody's so lovely. You look lovely on the outside, but inside there's some, a lot of unlovely lovely stuff going on. Nobody here, of course, but, you know, people that I've encountered over the years. It was tough, but pushing through, consistent on the word of God and the things of God. Always with hope, joyful, confident, favorable expectation of things to come. And one by one, one by one, one by one, a little at a time. It wasn't all at once, but a little at a time. My hopes became a reality. And today I'm walking in, in the reality of once was a hope, was a joyful, confident, favorable expectation. Now it's a reality. And it wasn't hope that got me here. It was faith that brought me to my hope. Hope just set the destination, but faith, trusting, doing the Word of God, confessing the Word of God, standing on the Word of God, believing when it wasn't easy to believe, that's what's brought me to the point and to the place I'm in my life. And if God did it for me, if it worked for me, it will work for you. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. 
If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC Radio Ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC PO Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.